The following podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Connect, Australia's newest choice for event management and brand development specialising in pro wrestling. And now, now the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. Watch global, global. Support local. local. It's the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Wrestling Landscape Podcast. I am your host, Lance Larson. The Wrestling Landscape Podcast is the casual wrestling podcast, the informal wrestling podcast and on today's episode i am drinking water because it's 8 a.m so i'm not having alcohol and i already had a pot of coffee and i'm gonna get some espresso on my way to work so more caffeine right now would be uh would be unwise anyway if this is a tokyo dreaming episode of the Wrestling Landscape Podcast, and we are talking All Japan's Junior Tag Battle of Glory, couple of title matches from Stardom on July the 15th and the 20th. Um, The whole show on the 24th is not uploaded. I am planning on reviewing that whole show as part of a future Tokyo Dreaming episode, but that's the stuff we're talking about. Let's jump right in. Um, I said this about my G1 update episode. And I was like, you know, I don't, not a lot of hot takes. I feel the same way about this episode, but I'm sure just like that episode, I'll find something to riff about. Just because that's how it always goes. Like, I'm taking notes on these matches, and I feel like I don't have, like, any special opinion on it. And then the second I start talking about it, I'm like, no, you know what? Fuck this. And I just, I go. Anyway. Junior Tag Battle of Glory Tournament is continuing for All Japan Pro Wrestling. On July the 21st, we had Atsushi, Maruyama, and Black Mensuri drawing with Akira, Francesco, and Hokuto Mori. So, God, this tournament does not need a lot of time limit draws. There was another one that we're going to talk about coming up. But this tournament is not the right tournament for time limit draws. Just going to put that out there. So, this match was technically fine. This match was psychologically fine. But overall, 15 minutes of the 20 minute time limit draw were pretty boring. Last five minutes picked up. Good climax, good go home stretch. But before that, a lot of holds. Not there's anything wrong with that. Y'all know I talk about that here. I enjoy technical wrestling. I enjoy shoot style wrestling. I like Zack Sabre Jr. I like Arturo Huas, Matt Riddle, Drew Gulak. I like those guys' styles. So it's not necessarily grappling that I'm a fan of, but if you're just locking in a hold, for two minutes, 
before anything happens because you got a fucking time limit draw to go to, so you're buying yourself time. Makes it a boring match. Now, the bright spot of this match was Akira Francesco. And Akira was a part of their singles junior tournament earlier this year in the Junior Battle of Glory. Enjoyed him then. Uh, enjoyed him in this tournament, too. He is the bright, shining star for me in this tournament. With a couple other guys up there. I like Iwamoto. I like Sato. Okada's fine, I guess. Anyway. Boring except for the last five minutes. Akira does some fun high spots getting the crowd into it. Finally do something on the go-home stretch. Um, double submissions for the last five minutes. But time limit expires. Each team gets a point. Moving on. That same night. Hikaru Sato and Yusuke Okada. Defeating Keiichi Sato and Koji Iwamoto. So, this was good. This was not great. Work was fine. Good. I sh- work was good. I shouldn't say fine. Work was good. As I podcast more and more about wrestling, I find myself using adjectives more specifically to describe a match. Like, something sucks. Right above that, it's fine. Above that, it's good. Above that, it's great. And above that would be like I don't, any other superlative. Like, excellent. Or above. When I say something's awesome, that's just kind of generally anywhere in the category of good, great, excellent. It's a weird thing. Because just like the more I talk about it, the more I find myself using those adjectives more particularly and like on a specific scale instead of just like a general colloquial. Oh, that was good. I like that. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, moving on. Good match. Not great. Work was good. A couple of slips kind of kept the work from being nice and tight. Um, did bolt some. I do not think it peaked very high. It never really hit that third gear that you really want out of a wrestling match. So the finish felt a little flat. It was fine. But Sato and Okada get the win. Two points for them. And BT Dubs, I am reviewing these shows in the order that I watched them. So, we're gonna go to stardom now. We're gonna jump back to all Japan. If you don't like that, fuck you. Go listen to another podcast. Or start your own. Because this is my podcast. And it's a casual wrestling podcast. What are you getting all worked up over? I say as I'm getting worked up. Stardom. Big summer show on July the 15th in Nagoya. Top two matches on that card. Mayu Iwatani, Saki Kashima, and Tam Nakano retaining the Artist of Stardom title. That is the trios titles. Which I'm sure you figured out if you didn't know because I listed three names. Retaining the Artist of Stardom titles over Hannah Kimura, Bobby Tyler, and Zoe Lucas. This match was chaotic in a good way. So it was a fun trios kind of everything happening match. Which a lot of Stardom trios tags are. Whether for the Artist titles or not. Which I really enjoy about their six and eight person tags. Because they're a lot of fun like this. It's a lot of things happening. Usually some kind of, you know, six person brawl going on at some point. Even in any six or eight man tag. Six person. I need to say six person or six woman. Person's just the easiest. Because it's two syllables. Like woman. And it's just like. Encompassing of all. It's completely non-gendered. So. The six person tag. Um. 
And so this was no different. I really liked it. The crowd was super into it. They were eating everything up, which is always a good sign. It built well. Had a good peak. Good match. Baby faces retain. Zero complaints about this match. But I will say, this is not a Ring of Honor podcast. I know that. But like, watching Mayu Iwatani in stardom, and remembering what her matches were like in Ring of Honor, and it's, it gets you thinking, the reason why her matches with Kelly Klein weren't good were not Mayu's fault. You know, it's like, I see her have good matches all the time. I see Klein have average matches all the time. So that tells me something in particular. By the way, I am not editing that cough out. This is the Casual Wrestling Podcast. I almost never edit anything out. Moving on to the main event. On the show of the 15th for Stardom. Jungle, Kiona, and Konami win the Goddess of Stardom titles, the Tag Team titles, from Momo Watanabe and Utami, whose last name I can never pronounce, so I just call her Utami. This was an awesome match. I really fucking liked this match. It built perfectly with a big fever pitch on the go-home stretch. Crowd was eating it up at the end. Uh, They got heat on Jungle, and she got the pin for the win. So the match absolutely revolved around her. She was the main arc through it. Uh, The work was mostly excellent. Occasional sloppiness, which I don't know how how hard you grade on if if there's a couple of mistakes in a match. So you're like, oh, it's a couple of mistakes, everyone's human. Or if you're like, nope, nope, can't be excellent if there's a couple slip-ups. But overall, I thought the work was excellent in this, as you usually see in stardom. So new tag champs in an awesome, awesome match. Absolutely enjoyed it. Um, and we'll see what happens with uh, Momo going forward. Because Utami was still the SWA champion, as we'll talk about in a second, because she defends... That title five days later on the 20th in Osaka. We'll see what happens with Momo going forward. But let's jump to that show on the 20th in Osaka, where Utami defends the SWA title against Zoe Lucas. Um, so Utami retains. She wins. The match was fine. It was not anything special. And I wrote Utami. <laughs> Utami is great. And Lucas is smart at small things, but kind of bad at her work. So let's talk about that for a second. So, Zoe Lucas, whom I have praised for her Japanese work the last couple months, as a big improvement over her British stuff. Um, listen. I think I may have fooled myself, because a lot of that stuff was in tags and six persons and eight persons. So, I don't know if it was just, like, easily covered, or because, you know, you're only doing so much in the ring when there's six or eight people wrestling, that it's easy, it was easier for her to come in and, like, you know, do a couple moves, and then cycle out. But when she's in a one-on-one match, she's a heel, so she's getting heat on Utami, it's a lot of focus on her. It's like a five-minute stretch straight of, like, her doing offense. It did not look great. The work left a lot to be desired. Certainly a step below a lot of folks in stardom. That said, I thought she was a brilliant 
in the way this match was laid out. Thought she was very, very smart. Not even laid out. That's not even what I'm talking about. Like the the psychology of certain spots and what move leads to a next move. <laughs> I almost didn't finish that sentence. I thought she was very, very smart about that. So like Utami hits a single leg on Zoe Lucas early on in the match. And so Zoe Lucas is on her back and Utami, you know, just hit a single leg so she's right on top of her. So what Zoe Lucas does is she takes her arms and she covers her face like Utami's going to climb into the guard or try to get into the full mount and start dropping bombs on her. So it's like she's defending for that. But while she does that, Utami goes after Zoe's leg. So it's like Utami, or I'm sorry, Zoe was giving a psychological reason as to why she wasn't able to defend her leg in that moment because she was so focused on defending her face from Utami dropping elbows on her from the guard position or the full mount that Utami was able to snag that ankle. Lots of little stuff like that in the match. I'm like, damn, that was so smart. So she's obviously smart in what she does. And it's like, she gets it. But for some reason, like when she's executing moves, it just so often, it just does not look that great. It's not bad. You will see worse at your local shindy, okay? So I'm not saying she's like some bottom of the barrel shit worker. That is not at all what I'm saying. But it's just like, especially in a promotion that has such excellent workers like Stardom, it stands out a little more. So maybe that's it too, some of the context. You know, maybe if this was in some of the WWE women's matches, um, wouldn't be as noticeable. Because it's like, she's obviously better than Carmella. I would say she's better than Alexa Bliss. So I don't, uh, maybe it's just because it's in stardom, it's easier to notice some of the execution flaws. But either way, Utami retains the SWA title. So good for her. Next, we had a high-speed uh, triangle match. So just in general, if you don't usually watch a ton of stardom or Joshi in general, high-speed triple threat matches in the world of Joshi are almost always incredible. I don't think I've ever seen one that was average or worse. Like, every single one of them have been good, great, or excellent. It's unreal. The pace they work at, obviously, because it's a high-speed title match. The creativity they use they use with three-person spots with zero downtime. It's like the most expeditious 10 minutes of your wrestling life. It's unreal. This was no different. I loved it. So, Hazuki came in as the champ. But Death Yamasan left as the champ with AZM as the third competitor in it. Absolutely awesome. Tons of creativity. Lots of original psychology while still moving quickly, which I really enjoy. How they got from one spot to the next in a way that made sense without like slowing down. So they're like, did you get it? Did you see what I did? Did you get it? As Joe Lanza would say, using the subtlety hammer. They were just subtle about it. They did it. If you picked it up, great. If you didn't, that's fine. And they just kept moving. Really enjoyed this match. Really recommend it. And because it's the high-speed title, it's less than 10 minutes. So it's well worth your time. Anyway, really enjoyed this match. Death is your new high-speed champion. Uh, in the main events, we had another artist of stardom title defense. With Mayu Watani, Saki Kashima, and Tam Nakano obviously defending. 
against the Oedo Tai team of Kagetsu, Andras Miyagi, and Natsu Sumire. So, the Oedo Tai team won. They are your new trios champions, Artists of Stardom champions. This match was also awesome. The crowd fucking loved it, peaking extremely high as the match progressed. And ate it up. It was awesome. These, so as usual, tons and tons and tons of action, like you usually see in six and eight person tags in stardom. And a million near falls, which I don't, I go back and forth between not minding them at all and disliking them. Because there's so many near falls in the last two or three minutes of so many of these matches that are just constantly broken up by an illegal person coming in and breaking it up. And I, on one level, like, I get it. Because some of them get me. They're just like, you know, watch this match. And some of them, like, get you. Oh, shit, this is it. Oh, no, it's not. So, on one level, they work in that sense. But at the same time, there's so many of them that most of them just start to mean less. So, I don't know. That might be my one critique of this. Um, work can always be crisper. So, it's not like that was perfect. So, that, I guess that's a smaller critique. But... As usual, very, very good match. In terms of just putting on enjoyable matches that don't eat up your whole day, that are consistently good or better, Stardom's one of the most perfect promotions for that. Almost never do you actually see a bad match from Stardom. Like, at worst, you see an average match, you know. I'm sure you get a fine match every now and then. But it's usually good or better. And they're only five matches per show, usually, sometimes six. And they're never that long. Like, never is bell-to-bell time actually, like, 30 minutes, you know? Some of the single-match videos are over 30 minutes because they do promos beforehand and entrances and post-match stuff. But it's like, bell-to-bell, it's almost never 30 minutes. So none of these matches eat up too much of your time. So if you just want solid wrestling, doesn't eat up all your day, that's reliable and consistent. Stardom's a good promotion for you. I can't... Their streaming service is like... I don't, I don't know how much I pay. Seven bucks? Eight bucks? Maybe nine? I don't know. It's less than ten. Like, I know that. So, if you're just looking for something like that, I highly recommend Stardom. Very accessible, too. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, everyone. Just want to take a second to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Outbreak Nutrition. Outbreak Nutrition are creating supplements for survival, sharper minds, quicker reflexes, all the energy you need to take your performance to the next level, whether that be on the field, in the gym, on the gaming field. That's right. They have specifically designed gaming supplements as well to help you focus on those late night sessions. They even sell coffee, you guys, at Outbreak Nutrition. You can get coffee pods. You can get coffee beans. You can get supplements for the bedroom as well if you want to enhance your performance there. These are performance enhancing supplements for every aspect of your life, specifically designed by gamers for gamers to stay fit and healthy in the gym, to stay sharp and focused on the game and to dominate in all areas of life. So check out OutbreakNutrition.com, and for being a listener of our podcast, they will give you 10% off your order when you enter the code B+. That is B-P-L-U-S at checkout. So make sure if you want to stay on top of your game, if you want to take your performance to the next level, OutbreakNutrition.com, enter the code B-plus at checkout. 
Hey guys, just a reminder, if you want to hear all of these wonderful B Plus podcast episodes completely ad-free, make sure you head over to Patreon or Podbean, where we are the featured podcast this week. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, up to $10 a month, where anything you want to help us with, it really helps out. It's going to help us grow the site. It's going to help us redesign some things. And everything that we get through this and through the advertising as well is all going straight back into the podcast so that we can get Aussie Graps out there for the rest of the world to hear about, for the rest of the world to see, so we can grow this mission of watch global, support local, and build indie wrestling. So if you want to be a part of that and get some really cool rewards like call-in shows, bonus episodes, ad-free like I mentioned, then head over to patreon.com slash the B plus and subscribe today. Anyway, that's all the term we're talking about today. Like I said, they have a show on the 24th that we will cover sometime in the future. I don't know when I'll get to it. Um, maybe I'll do uh, Dragon Gate's Kobe World Stardom's 20, show on the, from the 24th. On, and just have those two shows be its own episode. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know when the fuck I'm going to find time to watch Kobe World. Like, that show's already almost a week old, and I still haven't gotten around to it. Anyway, back to All Japan and their junior tag battle of glory. Tournament matches from July the 23rd. We had Yusuke Okada and Hikaru Sato defeating Kira Francesco and Hokato Amore. Decent. Nothing special. Akira continues to shine in these matches, even more so than he did in the singles tournament. He's, I think he's young. He looks super young. Listen, if this kid is older than 24, he does not look it. Because he looks like he's 19 or 20. Like, he's a young-ass kid. Uh, he's an Italian worker. He's from... He, I believe his home promotion is Rising Sun in Italy. Which I wish I could watch more of. But I have tons of trouble with the VOD. And so I just... I gave up. Like, I lost money on it. I didn't try to get it back. Because it's like, it's not worth it. It was only like six or seven bucks anyway. And I just... I, I could not figure it out. So, anyway. I wish I could watch more Rising Sun. Probably have more consistent Eurograps episodes from the rest of the landscape if I could, to be honest. Um, they they don't do a ton of shows that hit tape anyway, so it's not like they'd be giving me content every week. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. This is not a Eurograps episode. We're talking about Akira in Japan, and he's doing well. So he's someone that other promotions might have their eye on. Because I think he's obviously improved from even a few months ago in February during the Junior Battle of Glory, the singles tournament. And he obviously keeps getting work in Europe. I'd like to see him get more work in Europe. I think that'd be good. I think to see him more in WXW, GWF, uh, APC in Paris, White Wolf in Spain. You know, the myriad and myriad of places in the UK and Ireland would be good for him. Because he's good enough to be featured more. I wonder why he's not. Curious. Sometimes with weird things like that, there's politics behind it. And other times it's just so much as like, these promoters don't know him. So... <laughs> It's weird because you never know what to read into and what to not. Anyway, on that same show, that show from the 23rd, we had Gagatora and Yosuke Santa Maria defeating Banana Senga and Tutsomi Usugi. Um, decent. Too much comedy. Still some good work. But the comedy held it back from really meaning anything. Which is a theme... You will see with Yosuke Santa Maria. So match was fine. Nothing special to write home about. 
pretty short. Because like I said, there's a 20 minute time limit on these. So like even when it draws, it's not like insanely long. And finally, last couple matches we're going to talk about. The Junior Battle of Glory Tournament continued on July the 24th for All Japan. Akira and Omori have another time limit draw. I guess they weren't in the first one. But there's another time limit draw in this tournament between them and Yusuke Santa Maria and Kagatora. So like I just said, a comedy match, which is if, if Yusuke Santa Maria is in it, it's going to be a comedy match, does not need to go to a 20-minute draw in any way, shape, or form. I don't know what the point of the booking of this tournament is that you need two draws for such a small tournament. I don't understand. I absolutely do not understand. Like, what in the flying fuck? No comedy match needs to go 20 minutes. Especially a 20-minute draw. So the work itself is fine, apart from the comedy. But the comedy killed any drama it might have. Totally undercut it. Moving on. We had Banana Senga and Tsutomu Usugi defeating Koji Iwamoto and Kaichi Sato. Solid match. Short match. Roll up pin out of nowhere for the win. Didn't feel like it built to anything. Didn't feel like it peaked. Just kind of happened. And the match was over. So it was fine. There was some good work. I mean, like you hear Iwamoto and Sato and Banana and some of those names. And you know it's going to be, there's going to be good work in it. There's nothing special about it. This tournament is so bizarre. So it's, uh, I feel like. Overall, I'm way more thumbs up on it than I was with the singles Junior Battle of Glory in February. But, like, a comedy 20-minute draw in a tournament that's already so small and so short, like, that, I can't wrap my mind around that. And why this tournament needed any draws is beyond me. So I just, like, I don't know. Like, the work's fine. Most of the work's fine. Even good. There's been some good work here. That opening night in Cork, and, like, you guys heard my review of that. My longtime listeners will. I was super high on those tournament matches. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm going to like this tournament so much more than I thought I did. Then we get into the meat of it. And it's just like, you know what? I'm not. So, the, the Junior Battle of Glory tournament was very up and down. Some matches were atrocious. Some matches were very, very good. And this is more middling. I don't think it's hitting the lows that the singles tournament hit. I also don't think it's hitting the highs either. Um, Maybe one of the Corican matches did, but maybe not. I'd have to go back and review my notes for the singles tournament from February. So I don't know. It's just, it's just bizarre. I'm like, All Japan having trouble with consistency. All Japan is such a bizarre promotion for me in the sense that, and I've talked about this before, I adore the top of the card for All Japan. Miyahara is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. Absolutely unreal. And he has some good foils. Zeus is good. Shikawa is good. Sawama's good. 
Uh, I think Dylan James is good enough. I think Joel Redman is a fun guy she to bring in here and there. I like Koji Iwamoto. I like Leah Nomura. But if those guys aren't in the mix, it's so disappointing, <laughs> if I can be honest. So All Japan needs some depth. And most importantly, they need challengers for Miyahara. I really feel like they need a really hot feud for Miyahara. Draw some houses, get some attention in the West, to hopefully kickstart a business growth for them. Um, Because I just don't know what else they're going to do. Because tours like this can't be drawing that much. I know Voices of Wrestling said I did not read the article. Um... I've barely had time to watch the wrestling I want to watch this week. Uh, Voices of Wrestling had an article about All Japan Houses, and Dave Meltzer commented on it um, in the Wrestling Observer this past week about how houses are uh, down or steady, depending on where they are. And so, honestly, they need something. I don't know if it's a, it's a good gaijin name they bring in. Um, I guess it wouldn't be Elgin, because Impact's still technically working with Noah. And I guess it wouldn't be Davey Boy Smith Jr. either, because MLW is also working with Noah. Why is All Japan not getting in on any of this action? Like, the U.S. market, like, of, like, companies on TV is so deep right now. They need to partner with somebody. How does Noah have two American partners and All Japan doesn't have a big U.S. partner like this? How did All Japan not partner with Major League Wrestling? Like, what? Are they not trying? Do they not care? Whatever. I feel like they need to find a way to bring good contenders for Miyahara and to even take the title off him because they're just cycling through contenders again. Like, we're back to Zeus challenging. That'll be an awesome match. Don't get me wrong. But fuck. We need something fresh for Miyahara because he's the ace. He's the top guy. He needs to stay on top. He is the draw for this company. He needs fresh foils, though. So I think partnering with a company is the best idea. You know, whether it's another company in Japan, whether it's OWE, you get some strong hearts in there, have T-Hawk challenge him, Shima. Maybe even actually bring some of the Chinese wrestlers instead of the strong hearts. Aben? Mihar could carry Aben to a great match, I think. Aben's got a good look. The stuff he can do, he does well. I think Mihar and Aben... Could be a really fun match. Now, would Aben draw? I don't know. But, like, if you do a, an OWE invasion, a Stronghearts invasion, like Stronghearts was doing in Japan last year, you know, he can turn away Shima, he can turn away T-Hawk. But Shima's like, or, and Lindemann too, he can turn away Lindemann. And Shima's be like, ah, okay, so he might have turned us away. But here's our, here's my prize pupil. Here's our top guy in Shanghai. Can you stop Aben? You know, get him, get Aben some good strong tag wins. Have Shima put him over big. Like, not put him, like, loose to him, I mean. But, like, just on the mic, just continuously put him over. Talk about how great he is, make him look strong in matches. There's something there! If I'm all Japan, I'm doing something like that. And I'm looking for an American partner, too. Gotta freshen things up. Maybe even the NWA... You know, Eli Drake's not exactly a big draw, but at least he's a fresh face. 
something All Japan, something. Anyway, that's all I'm going to rant about for All Japan. This has been the Wrestling Landscape Podcast, Tokyo Dreamin'. Talking the Junior Tag Battle of Glory, Stardom, All Japan in general at the end. I am your host, Lance Larson. Thank you so much for listening. And as always...